What's going on, Buckeyes? Hey, everybody tuning in to the BIA podcast. We are starting this show in a great mood after we went to South Bend and we beat the Fighting Irish. Fought all the way to the end. Honor, defend, fight to the end. And we beat the Fighting Irish 17 to 14 on the last second to last play of the game. <laughs> Phil, tell me, you know, what's what's going on in your mind, man? Yeah, man, you a little too smooth for me today, boy. I'm hype. Let's go. Uh, man, that was a great victory. I was jumping up and down, running out the room, uh, trying to be quiet and not wake up my family. Uh, but, whoo, exciting, nerve-wracking. Probably got a few grays during that game. But it's, you know, it's great to wake up the next morning and know, dang, we won that game. Like, that game could have gone anyway, but it went our way. So, shout out to the Buckeyes. Yeah, shout out to the Bucks, man. Uh, incredible game. Uh, I'll, I don't mind giving respect to the Fighting Irish. I think, though, that there has been a lot of, a lot of chatter, in particular – from one legendary coach, and I say legendary, uh, you know, he's won a national championship. He was actually, him and his team were being honored at halftime, but uh, Coach Lou Holtz had a lot to say on the Pat McAfee show, uh, where he basically, and I'm not going to read the quote, everybody kind of knows by now, you know, if this is breaking news to you, then you were on vacation on the other side of the world. Um, He basically talked about the Buckeyes and how we were not – any of the games that we lost under Ryan Day, that we were technically a soft team, that we were a soft team and that we uh, – if Notre Dame was going to be more the more physical team, they were going to win. He basically said and predicted that, that, that Notre Dame was going to win, and then they didn't end up, end up winning. And Ryan Day had some stuff to say at the end of the game. Uh, and uh, if you check out our Instagram page, you'll see <laughs> – You'll see a highlighted version of that, of basically that scene right after the game. But uh, Phil, I know you got some stuff you want to get off your chest. You want to talk to the Notre Dame community. You want to talk to any Lou Holtz uh, defenders. Um, What you got to say, man? First and foremost, this is a tough team. This is a tough team. Ryan Day said it with his chest. Um, wow, that was a that was after already being on the high of winning the game. To then we were on the phone, and I was listening to you listen to the uh, post game presser. I'm like, what's happening right now? We had to hang up so I could hear Ryan Day in all his glory. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, we have that story that comes out. You know, it's a, a kind of a surprising response from Ryan Day, and then the pearl clutchers of America took a collective gasp and said, Oh, heavens, no, you can't possibly criticize a man because first of all, we all now know how old Lou Holtz is because we've seen 86, like a million times uh, on Twitter or said uh, on podcasts, because everybody wants you to know that Lou Holtz is 86. They weren't emphasizing his age when they were, posting 
retweeting and boosting his message that he made on that Pat McAfee show. It was like a, a funny clip. It was a clip that was used to uh, emphasize most of the pundits who did pick Notre Dame to win or to, you know, take a jab at Ohio State if you weren't an Ohio State fan, which I get makes sense. So everybody is like sharing this. We we all knew what Ryan Day was talking about when he started talking, right? Nobody was like, uh, what did Lou Holtz say? Everyone knew <laughs> what he's referring to, which means that, that it is it was a relevant statement, a statement that was being presented. Now the same people who were broadcasting Lou Holtz messages and using it to like, you know, take a jab at Ryan Day are acting like it's the biggest shock and surprise that Ryan Day would have a response to that. And they're acting like this person is too old to be coherent enough to know what he's saying, yet they were broadcasting his words. So it's like if if you thought that, hey, he's an old senile man who shouldn't be taken seriously, then don't put his words on national television or re, or repost them on your social media accounts. But if it was cool to do that, then it's also cool to respond to it. I think it's ridiculous to say that he is off limits somehow when his his words were broadcast more than almost anybody else's, uh, or at least there's those are the words that made it um, sort of through the through the fray and kind of pierced through in terms of uh, the national attention um, leading up to the game. So. Yeah, I mean, Lou Holtz, um, he has responded since then and says he stands on what he said. So, again, he said what he said. He knew what he was saying. He still believes what he said. He thinks that Notre Dame won the game, so that does question his, um, you know, <laughs> his, his maybe stability there a little bit. But either way, he's standing on it. There, People are still interviewing him. People are still going to him for more quotes. So if that's okay, then it's okay for Ryan Day to respond. It was surprising, I will admit. Um, but I can understand saying, like, why is this 86-year-old man got my name in his mouth? Won't happen again. Yeah. I, I Look, all I have to say is, is that I responded to someone on Twitter, uh, replied to someone, and just basically said, look, I think we can all agree that Lou Holt shouldn't have said what he said. That, and it's, it's just as plain and simple as that. You can have that belief um, that Ohio State is not as a physical team as you may have want want to believe, but um, it wasn't like Notre Dame scored 44. They scored 14 points, and I think that also, or not think, but I know that at halftime it was three nothing. Notre Dame played tough defense, so did we, and so I think that we can both say agree that they were, it was a tough team. Uh, both teams were tough teams. It was a tough game, hard fought game. In, in a hard-fought game, Ohio State actually came out on top. Um, so, having said that, I want to go ahead and transition over to the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, which is our BIA Spotlight of the Week, a player none other than Lathan Ransom. Uh, he was awarded the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. He had a career-high 13 tackles with one quarterback hurry, uh, the defense limited Notre Dame's uh, high-octane offense. That's kind of like some of the verbiage that you heard <laughs> heading into this game to only 175 passing yards. Um, and so that's a you know a shout-out to all of BIA, to the secondary. But want to, in particular, highlight Lathan Ransom for his performance as the BIA Spotlight of the Week. 
Yeah, man, definitely shout out to BIA. They um, held it down, obviously giving up only 14 points on the road to a top 10 team is an impressive feat. And yeah, the the strength of this team, uh, um, at least one of the strengths of this team was supposed to be their veteran quarterback, uh, who you may have heard, Justin has started 50 games. Uh, I don't know if you heard that maybe once, once or 5,000 times in the broadcast. So the fact that uh, he was able to be uh, limited is really an impressive feat. And yeah, Ransom was doing it actually in the pass game and in the run game coming up to uh, make plays. Um, honestly, a lot of our uh, defenders, even um, Igmanosin, who struggled sometime in pass defense, was able to really make a difference uh, in run defense. So, uh, yeah, BIA was great. Denzel Burke, um, you know, was had a quiet night in the, in the best way possible. So definitely proud of this uh, defense, especially the secondary. Yeah. Sam Hartman only threw it um, to Denzel Burke's side of the field once. Was for a completion that wasn't a first down. Um, Sonny Styles even had a big time mm-hmm. stop on a fourth and one. I think when that first possession that Notre Dame had uh, on a, it looked like it was a QB sneak, and uh, and so you know again, one of the things I do want to note before we move on, move on, Lathan Ransom, um, big, you know, for somebody to have 13 tackles and be uh, a DB. Uh, that says a lot. I, most of the time, I don't necessarily like that. That means that uh, in my mind that a running back kind of got to the secondary more than I would have liked. But we know that that wasn't the case, that it was definitely uh, the aggressive play in the game plan uh, by Jim Knowles. Got to give Jim Knowles some credit. <laughs> <laughs> Had safeties and, and DBs up in the backfield and on the line helping out uh, in the trenches uh, whenever that was needed. So. Again, shout out to Latham Ransom uh, for that BIA spotlight of the week. But um, given the fact that we won, we want to now focus on the fact that there are some areas of growth that uh, the Buckeyes are going to need to hone in on, sure up as we uh, are entering this bye week or we're in the midst of this bye week. And um, the next game will be against Maryland. That is a big going to be a big noon game. Uh, in Columbus, Ohio. So with that, what areas of growth, or area of growth, I should say, Bill, do you see that the Buckeyes are going to need to sure up? Um, I'd be surprised if we don't have the same thing here. Um, yeah, for, for me, I'm going to go with the offensive line. Um, and I do think that the offensive line is showing improvement. Um, you know, they... That was, that was one of the biggest question marks coming into the game. And, um, you know, I definitely think that those questions have not all been answered. I and mean, we know who the people are, at least. We know who the, who the starters are. But we definitely want to see that progression continue um, in, the, in a positive direction. Um, see that group, you know, get stronger together, kind of know where each other, where they are, where they're going to be kind of know how to pick up for each other when, you know, one person is maybe missing their assignment. You know, that's the kind of stuff that does come with experience together. So I do believe, I do, I do feel good about where we're going, but right now it's still, you know, if, if you, if you ask me, you know, in our big games coming up, what is my biggest concern? It's still going to be the offensive line, you know, even though I feel much better about our team this week than I did last week than I did the week before, my concern would still be our offensive line. 
Um, so, you know, we, in this game, they did pretty well, but I was, every time you looked, uh, at the, at the replays, you saw, um, Javante, Gene Baptiste breaking through, uh, even in the last play, I was watching the replay of the, the final, uh, touchdown plunge, um, by Chip Trainum, and you see him actually on that, on the left side of their line, like pierce through, he kind of gets past, uh, G Scott on the right side uh, of ours, and he like kind of gets close to to chip there from the complete opposite side, which is not great. So, still getting some some holes there, some pressure. Um, I want to I want to I want to feel the ability to let out a sigh of relief and not be still tense about their play, and that's not where we are yet. And Javante Jean Baptiste, former Buckeye transfer. Uh, over to Notre Dame. It goes to show you one of their best defensive linemen came from Ohio State. <laughs> but man, um, I got the same same area growth, offensive line, particular in particular uh, short yardage situations. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job um, pass blocking for Kyle. I mean, they, of course they they got through a few times, um, and but I think that. We what we're gonna definitely need to do as we head into the Big Ten schedule is basically get those short yards, uh, get short yardage situations, uh, especially against Penn State and Michigan. We know that's gonna, we know that those defensive lines are going to be the best defensive lines that we face, and we also know that those are gonna be must-win games. Um, all the games are must-win games in this playoff era so far, the 14 playoff era. But uh, I think that. We all know that those those are gonna. That's where the beef is gonna be. We're gonna have to end up moving their lines uh, for a yard, sometimes a few inches. Um, I feel like we've got the running backs to do it. You know, we've got uh, we've even got the quarterback to to basically do a QB sneak. Um, but we have to have the offensive line. At the end of the day, it's gonna start with the line, and so. Yeah, that's, a, that's the same thing I've got, man. Area of growth is the offensive line, uh, but in particular, the short yardage situations that we may find ourselves in. Let me say one one so, thing about short yardage. On the other side, I actually feel really good about our ability to, you know, stuff the run. Uh, our defensive tackles we talked about, you know, last week and week before being a shining point of the team. Um, you know, somebody who I think – was popping um, while watching is Tyleek Williams. I feel like when I was watching, I kept seeing like him be able to penetrate, make plays, uh, give, provide pressure um, to the quarterback even. And so, um, you know, he played a lot of snaps. He was kind of like, he's like our guy and they're kind of rotating on the other ta- uh, tackle position. But man, he was somebody that was, even as somebody who's not an expert in watching line play throughout the whole game, you know, my eyes like everybody else's can be, uh, drawn outside, you know, to skilled players, but he was somebody that made you pay attention. Uh, and so happy to see that short yardage wise on defense. I feel great. We got to get there on offense. Yeah. And I want to say too, um, with that, talking about the defensive line, just real quick, I think that we got to give props to Jack Sawyer and, uh, JT Tui Malowau. uh, Jack Sawyer had a pass breakup on that first drive that literally almost looked like an interception, man. I was like, he was, I thought he had it. I jumped up and I thought he had it, but then I saw the ball flutter away. 
he just tipped it. Uh, but JT came up big, man, when we needed them, um, when we needed him on that uh, that drive for to get uh, in the fourth quarter to get the ball back. Uh, basically, uh, basically, kind of blowing up the the read option that Sam Hartman, which surprised me. I'm surprised they ran that play because I was like, there is no way that Sam Hartman's keeping this ball. He kept it, and fortunately, JT was there. <clears throat> and then on the next play, basically that pass breakup on the, uh, which was a near interception, <laughs> which was uh, the Pence kind of gave us uh, memories of that Penn State game. But yeah, gotta give a gotta give a shout out to them as they uh, did well. Now here's the thing I want to say before we, before we uh, go to our break. I gotta say, man, is I think it's a good sign that that we both had. Uh, the same area of growth at offensive line. That kind of shows that basically there's not a lot of uh, – we're improving in other areas on our team, and so therefore it's not like a huge glaring thing uh, you know, for the, for the defense. There's not a huge glaring uh, uh, room for improvement on special teams. I would like to see um, some big punt returns and kick returns uh, in, some, in some games, but <clears throat> you know, I think that will – I think that all that stuff will kind of equal itself out, but offensive line is definitely going to need to um, be shored up as we head into that Big Ten schedule. Hey, you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at at bia.pod. You can also find our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Please subscribe and rate us five stars if you haven't already. And we are also on YouTube. So you can find us at all of these platforms. Subscribe, whichever one is your is your flow that day or that week. Um, tap in with us and enjoy the show. It's a tough team.